Ooh. Ooh, what was that? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Let me no. try that again. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I just woke up. <laughs> like a little while ago. I've just been lying in bed watching TikTok, so. Well, this is a That's special great. episode today. Yeah. Francesca's it birthday, is, is it? it's going to come out on your birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are many reasons, but that is like one of them. I almost just spit out my drink. That was... Yeah, I like... I don't get excited over my birthday anymore. I don't know. 21 was like the big one, and now it's just like all downhill. (laughs) Well, I... 22 was a big one for me, because that's my... That was my Taylor Swift year. Taylor Swift year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is coming out on my birthday. That's super fun. Love that for me. <laughs> Are you like gonna do anything? Like get a nice cake or probably just go out to dinner with my family. Like we do that every year. That's not like we didn't last year because right. you know COVID. Right, right, right. But this year, like, so who knows? I haven't decided yet. It's my choice. I was gonna say you get to pick, right? Yeah. That's how it goes. Like my family too. You get to pick wherever you want to go. We usually go to the same place though. Cause... Yeah, my family judges me because I like going to this one restaurant by us because they make bomb ass penne alivaca. That is a like, great reason. Yeah. And, like, you get the same thing every time you go. I'm like, yeah, because it's fucking good, and no one will go with me the rest of the year, so. Rude. Yeah. So. You're valid for that. Thank you. Thank you for validating me. <laughs> no problem. Well, this is Bookaholics Anonymous. <laughs> I'm Francesca. I'm Alicia. And we always forget to do an intro. So here it is. Here it is. How was your week? Pretty good. Um, I took off yesterday, the first day I've taken off in a year. Wow. Uh, longer than a year, because February 2020 was the last time I took a day off. <laughs> so it was fantastic. That's nice. Yeah, I'm well, home for you. Easter. So, uh, if you hear my brother playing video games in the background, that is why. Yeah, and if you hear, um, voices in the background of my house, it's because we're getting the gutters fixed, because winter here was so bad, they ripped the gutters off. The gutters just, like, clean clean off my house. So, they're doing that. Love that. Um, and my parents don't seem to give a shit when we're recording, so they're always walking around upstairs. <laughs> Soon Oops. to change, though. Yes. Yes, because I will be moving within the year. Woo! Sis got a full-time job! Woo! Now that I'm hyped about. <laughs> oh my god, what is wrong with my voice? <coughs> I'm just slowly dying. Yeah, so I will be moving out and now I'll just have to deal with shitty neighbors. I know that life too well. Yes. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking a Jack and Coke. You can't see it because I put it in a reusable cup thing. That's cute. Yeah, I didn't want my parents to know I was drinking at 11.30am, so... <laughs> That's why I love that my dad keeps the beer right next to my room and like our extra fridge because we're those white people. Right. Um, but yeah, so that then he doesn't know. I stole one of his beers this morning and it was a Probst Bill Moore, uh, uh, Bitburger. I'm not kidding. It's called Bitburger. Wow. And I don't know if I'm a fan. It's it's a Pilsner. Oh, I was going to ask. Um, and it kind of reminds me of IPAs, which we all know my feeling on those. Yeah, we do not so like... this might be a dump out, but... 
He's not going to love that. He is not going to love that, so, oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Are you ready to get started? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's anything else. We'll just jump right into it. Yes. So, this week, I'm doing This Is Not The Just Show by Anna Carey. Oh, I saw that update on Goodreads. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a good... I read it, uh, yeah, two weeks ago. So, the cover looks did. like this. It's pretty... Oh, Pretty cool. Okay. It's by Cork Books. I don't think I've read any books by Cork Books, so... I've never heard of Cork Books, so. I think I'm... I'm pretty sure I saw them at BookCon, or BEA, in 2019. Hmm. But this was... They did a fabulous job on the cover, and I think this premise is super interesting so whoever was the editor who acquired this props because it it's like nothing like i've heard ever before the premise is very unusual okay so i just props to the editor props to their agent props to this author i just think it's like (laughs) very interesting so we're gonna start right off at the top here trigger warning oh we love those we do love them um, but the, this one, there's only one. It's Black Mirror shit. So if you don't like Black Mirror, you're not going to like this book. And <laughs> you probably will get triggered by it. I love Black Mirror. I love Black Mirror as well. It's like the best. Wish they would release another season. Right. But yeah, I just feel like that gives you, that encapsulates like the whole thing. The feeling. The feeling. If you're triggered by Black Mirror... You're probably going to be triggered by this book. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Goodbye, everyone who's triggered by Black Mirror. Hello, everyone else who loves Black Mirror and watches it religiously, like us. (laughs) Let's get started. So, we start off. This book is set in the 90s in Long Island. Hey! Although I spent... Welcome to the shit show. We love it. Although I spent half the book thinking it was upstate. Upstate, (laughs) quote-unquote. Where does it say where on Long Island? No, it's fake. It's like a fake town. Oh, okay. it's like a made up name. Yeah, I looked. I looked it up, and it's it's fake. So okay, but yeah, I thought this was like upstate. I thought this was like an Orange County or something uh-huh. for like half the book. So I'm Orange re- County, New York, not California. Yes, to be clear. Yes, to be clear. Um, our main character Jess is in her junior year of high school. And has developed the biggest crush on her best friend of six years, Tyler, or Ty. I don't trust Tyler's. I'm sorry if your name's <laughs> Tyler. I don't trust Tyler's. I, I don't blame you. I've not had a good experience with a Tyler. Yeah, I don't blame you. So, Ty was once the nerdy best friend, but this summer, he's kind of changed into a heartthrob. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> Does he know that he's, like, the hot guy? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't really think, I don't, I don't think so. I think he kind of just like, it just happened. You know how like guys will like grow like four inches in the summer and then they yeah, come back no, and like, Yeah, no, because I shit. knew someone in high school like that who was like super nerdy freshman year. And then over the summer, he just got really hot. And, but he knew it. He realized it once he started getting all of the attention. Oh. And he just fed that shit so hard. Why it was... couldn't we have gotten super hot over the summer like, right? in high school? Can I get super hot over this summer, like, without doing anything? Exactly. That's, like, exactly what happens to every guy in high school. Why can't that happen to me at 25? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Ridiculous. That's misogyny at work. Yes. 
So maybe God is a man. <laughs> True. So Jess, oh, Jess also has to cope with her sister, Sarah, having a rare disease called Gwynard's d- disease. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it because it's G-U-I-N. So. Okay. Um, this disease is like made up, by the way. Okay. So for the book, you know, this disease causes Sarah to not be able to leave bed and have to have a caretaker there all the time. The caretaker's name is Lydia. And she's okay. like a family friend of her mom's. They're like Jess and Sarah's mom. So Jess wakes up the day that the book starts and thinks she's hearing chanting. But after sussing it out, asking her like dad and her sister, she finds out like no one else can hear it. So she just kind of drops oh. it. Yeah. Oh, right. I don't like that. We're starting strong with the Black Mirror shit, like I said. Yeah. So She's the only one that can hear it? Yeah. Yeah, she, like, asks about it, and they're like, what are you talking about? Mm -mm. (laughs) Yep. But see, I'm the type of sister that if one of my sisters was like, can you hear chanting just to fuck with her? I'd be like, no. No. (laughs) What are you talking about? You know what? That's a good point. could hear it, and I just wanted her to feel crazy. Yeah. Because I point. never got opportunities to do shit to, like that to my sisters. They did it to me all the time. I'm sure. Well, yeah, you're the youngest. Yeah. So if <laughs> I had an opportunity like that, I'd snatch it up. Right, exactly. So as Jess is going to school, her friends Amber and Kristen tease her about liking Ty. Um, and it's kind of like typical stuff mixed in with like low-key shade. Like they say... Love he, a little low-key shade. Right. He's, they, like, Love a little low-key shade. Loki, like Tom Hiddleston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. But um, <laughs> So they say he's changed and gotten full of himself. Uh, so yeah. take that with, with take that for what you will. I know we yeah. are inclined to believe women on this podcast, um, but it is, it's interesting. <laughs> is it not true? I mean, I just feel like from what we see of him, I didn't get that vibe from him right okay. off the bat. So I like it was just when they were saying that, I'm like, is this is there some jealousy involved here? Like this is just Ooh. a little weird. Oh, right. <clears throat> so Jess isn't very concerned because everyone changes. It's high school, so mm-hmm. like, whatever. Um, after gym class, Kristen tells Jess that she overheard Patrick Kramer say he was going to ask her to spring formal. Um, Yeah, Amber chimes in saying that the three of them should go to a party later that Patrick's for sure going to be at. Patrick is the school resident's all-star athlete. Like, Of course he is. Yes, star quarterback, or I think he actually plays soccer or rugby, so. Mm. Right, so Jess really doesn't get it since they're practically opposites and never talk. So it seems like yeah. super random and just out of place. Um, and besides, things are finally happening with Ty. So regardless, but regardless, she's down to go to this party because it's a fun <laughs> Why time. Why do I feel like this is a setup? Right. So as they leave gym, an iPhone drops out of Amber's backpack, which obviously Jess doesn't, she doesn't know it's an iPhone. Um, Jess is confused because she doesn't know it's an iPhone. And she, as she gives it back to Amber, asks what it is and why she has it. Amber hastily puts it back in her bag and tells Jess that she found it in her dad's office and is, was going... Right, because this is the 90s. Okay, right, I right, right, right. myself. Yes. It's the 90s. There are okay. many great 
90s references that we will probably talk about once we get oh. get into it. Okay. So, um, she, yeah, found it in her dad's office and that she was going to go and ask their tech teacher about it. She and Kristen, like, Amber and Kristen act super cagey when Jess asks to see it closer. And Jess is their mother. <laughs> literally. So, Jess and Kristen still end up going to the party, though without Amber, since she's grounded for taking the iPhone from her dad's office. <laughs> so, they're there, they're chilling, they're vibing, and of course, Patrick comes up to Jess and tries to start a conversation with her, and Jess is polite, but there's really nothing to talk about with this man, So, and she also hasn't seen Tyler yet, so she's just, like, not interested, and eventually leaves to go to the bathroom to kind of get away. Mm-hmm. From the situation, which, like, mood. Same. Um, <laughs> she's been in there for a couple minutes when there's a knock on the door. And, of course, it's Tyler. Of course. Of course. Com- coming to save the day. Of course. Um, they banter back and forth about her hiding out in the bathroom, which eventually ends in a kiss. Ooh. Peak 90s. What like, year is this supposed to be in the 90s? Um, 1998, I think. Oh, I would have been like two. You would have been? One, yeah. One, yeah. Not even one, because this takes place in March. So we, you would be one, I would be like zero. No, I'd be two. I just turned two. Or no, no, no. Yeah, I would be turning yeah. two in like the next month. Right. Yeah. So that weekend, Jess is crazy distracted while she and Sarah hang out because Ty hasn't been on AIM all weekend. Oh Rude. my god. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about AIM for a second. Did you I'm have you, you had to have AIM? I had AIM. What was your screen name? Uh, <laughs> can you reveal? I can reveal yes, mine. I can. I can, but I just want to preface it by saying my sister made it for me. Oh no. Which one? I Catherine was or Gabby? S- Gabby. I was in the sixth grade. Looking back, the connotation. <laughs> oh no! That like when I say it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It was. <laughs> I'm so scared for you right now. It was Daddy's girl. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no, Bestie! I'm afraid, Bestie. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm afraid to ask you this. <laughs> Oh, no. Maybe that's why I have daddy issues now. (laughs) (laughs) This is so bad. And 314 is, like, the first, like, three digits of my dad's phone number, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She really went in on that. Yeah. I'm not (laughs) proud of it. Um. Well, (laughs) mine was Alicia Bell 97. So Alicia Bell, like Isabel. Yeah, beca- no, because my uncle, uh, my mom's brother, used to call me Alicia Bell. So that was like my nickname. So I did that, and then ninety seven is the year I was born. The year I was born. So yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just exposed myself. Yeah, but yeah. for for any of you listening out there who may have not have had aim, have no clue what aim is. It or was an, AIM, as some people refer to yeah, it. it. No. No, it was AIM. AIM. Thank you. I'm glad we agree on this. Yeah, because I've gotten into some brawls with people over it's, that. It's, yeah, it's not AIM. That's dumb. Because it's like AOL instant message, but it's right. just AIM. Right. Exactly. AIM. So it's an instant messaging 
platform. Yeah. Yeah. That you could chat with people. It's like Facebook Messenger, but without Facebook, basically. Yeah. You had like a buddy list. Yes. It would tell you who was online. If away you could messages. Be like the sickest away message. Yes. yes. I wish my bio, my yes. profile yes. was always in your out signature the, on it with the dopest Jonas Brothers lyrics. Oh, yes, like, I love that for you. It was. I put a lot of effort into my as you bio. should. It to- yeah. it says a lot about you as a person. Yeah, I was very colorful. Very. Oh my god, I'm having more flashbacks. I used to get bullied on EMS. Oh no. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here. I used it. I think I got it in fifth or sixth grade. So it was like similar around that time. And I would, I think, only message like my neighbors and then a couple <laughs> school friends. Yeah, um, I had school friends on there. Yeah, I was, as we've talked, as I mentioned almost every episode, I'm severely dyslexic. <laughs> and in middle school, elementary school, it was not under control. It was not that. a thing that I could... Um, express myself properly like example one girl was just bullying me (laughs) and my mom like kept the messages so she could show the school like hey my kid is getting harassed online um and I kept saying leave me only instead of leave me alone oh no yeah and she would just mock me even more for that oh no um so, if that's not a great representation of of my youth reading level at that I age. I love that. To put it mildly, I was reading at a third grade reading level in eighth grade. So. And that's on dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And that's on a public school that doesn't do shit for you. <laughs> but, yeah. Aim. What, what a blast what a, from the what past. What a time to be alive. Uh, I know. If you haven't watched Pen15 on Hulu yet. I've watched a couple some episodes. Great, want some great nostalgia. Yeah. You need to watch the whole thing. Oh, I've heard they it's They hit great. on AIM on that one. Oh, I love AIM. Love it's AIM. It's so funny. Mom, get off the phone. I'm on AIM. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. I wish, I wish AIM hadn't been deleted because I would have loved... I would love to go back and look. I would still use it. I would still same. use it. Obviously not the same screen name. I hope not. <laughs> Let's bring back Maybe that's AIM. that's why I got bullied. Let's bring back... Let's have this podcast bring back AIM. Bring back AIM. Yeah. Yes. Can we make that... I'm going to start a GoFundMe to start <laughs> AIM again. Perfect. Or change.org petition. Oh, bring back AIM. Perfect. So back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Sarah tells her, like, yo, chill. He, like, for sure likes you. Have you ever, like, seen the way he looks at you? Um, But... Then they're then they're going through pictures and get randomly super nostalgic about this park that they went once to as kids, especially like like Sarah brings it up. She's like out of the blue. She's like, remember that one park we went to with like mom and dad that one time? And Jess is like, yeah, I do remember. But like, why are you thinking about this? And so can I make one prediction? Yeah. That Amber and the other girl are. Jess's daughters and they're from the future and I love that. her and Tyler are together in the future and they just don't want to be a lot they want to be unalived 
So they go back in time to break up their parents before they even get together so they can unexist. Oh my god. So it's kind of like Black uh, Back to the Future but like with a sinister Black Mirror twist. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's what I'm me thinks cuz they're trying to set her up with somebody else. Right. I mean And they have the iPhone like come on. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> So right. Um, so, go ahead. So, so Sarah like does like the shrug emoji and she's just like and refuses to answer. <laughs> what the fuck? Is everybody in this like town just sketchy? Yes. So when Jess well, goes this Long Island, so <laughs> true. When Jess goes to school Monday, she and Tyler are very cute together. He offers to carry her books, walks Aww. her to class. Aww. Typical like. 90s high school couple shit. Aww. Could ever be me. Couldn't be me, especially because I was not in, the, not in high school in the 90s, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high I school. I wish. I feel like I, I know everyone was always like, I was born in the wrong generation. I would have loved to go to high school in the 90s. Like, I should have been born in, like, 80, 81. That's, like, the prime year to have been born. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good, like, it seems fun. But also... Low-rise jeans? We already did have to deal with that in middle school. Right. I don't know if I wanted to deal with that all through high school as well. Uh, The body dysmorphia was strong with this one. Oh, it was. Memories. This is very triggering for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) This is such a chaotic episode. Yeah, it is. So they hang out after school and talk about college plans. Triggering. Jess wants to go for music at UCLA, but isn't sure her mom would let her, like, leave and go that far away from her. So, that's why. Great. Why is it in every book they always want to go to, like, these elite, expensive-ass colleges? Like, why can't I, like, one of them just be like, I want to go to Binghamton. I know. I, like, I went to community college. I want more representation on that. <laughs> Let me tell you, Community, the show, pretty accurate, but it could be a little more accurate, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, when Ty brings her home, she finds out that her sister's health has gone south that day. Like, pretty bad, and she's in the hospital, and it's not looking good. So, as she comes back home from visiting Sarah in the hospital, she tries to find her dog, whose name is Fuller. Love that. Makes me think of Fuller House. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, it's like a premonition. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she can't find him. He's like nowhere to be found. And after searching the whole house, she eventually finds him underneath the couch. And he starts growling at her and eventually bites her. Oh. When she reaches for, for him, which he never does. She also notices the spots on his chest are gone and realizes... That's not her dog. What the fuck, Richard? Right. Is she in the wrong house? No. So Jess is like, like, uh, what the fuck is going on right now? She she goes and tells her parents, and uh, motherfucking course, they don't believe her. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the dog? What do you mean? Like, he's probably just, like, anxious and upset from, like, everything that's happened because the paramedics had come into the house earlier yeah. that day. So, like... I don't know if I exactly believe that. It's plausible, though, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. dogs do get very stressed out if, like, there are a bunch of random people in your house. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It's a little fishy to me. Her mom, like, 
even goes as far to say that Jess is being insensitive and that today has been one of the worst days of her life. Like, bitch, you don't think it's hard for your 16-year-old daughter? Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. The I don't audacity. Like it. I don't like, like it. <laughs> so, back at school, things aren't much better either. Amber and Kristen don't believe her about her dog, and furthermore, don't react at all to the fact that Jess has kissed Ty and kind of ignore it and keep bringing up Patrick. So, I'm telling you, they're from the future. <laughs> they want to unalive. <laughs> Jess barely feels like they're her best friends anymore because they've been so weird lately. Over it, she decides to go off campus to a local fast food chain for lunch uh, where Ty follows her and convinces her to skip the rest of the school day. So Jess and Ty go back to his house where Jess tells him that all the stuff isn't, isn't adding up and that something weird is going on here, which Ty kind of acknowledges but like tries to change the topic. So it's, it's very weird. What if she's in a coma this whole time? Oh my gosh. So Jess is super freaked out and is absolutely sure something is wrong, so she escapes to the bathroom. That's like her classic move, in my opinion. Yes, it's every teenage girl's go-to move when they're uncomfortable in a public setting. I'm just going to go to the bathroom and then never come back. Exactly. Of course, Ty follows her, and while in the bathroom, Jess begins to interrogate him about why his house doesn't have any pictures, his medicine cabinets don't have anything in them, and why every March something terrible seems to happen, and why he's just turned the faucet on while they're talking. That's when Ty tells her to be quiet or else the producers will hear her. This is the big reveal. The town they live in, which is called Swickley, is all a set for a television show that airs every night for two hours and is watched by millions of people all over the world. And they have mics and cameras everywhere and film 24-7. And all the people in her town know and are like extras or like guest stars. And they're like it's like filming Jess's life and everyone knows except for her. So it's not actually the 90s? No. Okay. Oh, I don't... I don't... So, it turns I, out her mom, whose name is... not her mother. No, her mom and her dad are her mom and her dad. So, okay. that's good at least. Her mom, whose name is Helene, was kind of like an online influencer. That's what I'm like taking from the description uh-huh. in the book. It just sounds very online influencer-esque. And her dad, Carter was a player for the Red Sox. Hey. We all know where I'm going. Actually, they don't. They but. don't. <laughs> Maybe after that comment, they do, though. <laughs> yeah, I will be moving to Boston by the end of this year for my job. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop. They always, they always were, her mom and her dad were always on and off, but once Helene got pregnant with Jess, they stayed together. Mm-hmm. Everyone followed the pregnancy and birth, and when Jess was three, they signed a 15-year contract for this show. Very oh. Kardashians. Yeah. Originally, it was focused on her parents, but then their fighting got so bad that they started to turn the focus on Jess. Mm-hmm. This, when they started fighting her parents, it was right around the time Sarah w- got brought on, who's not Jess's actual sister, but the daughter of the family friend and caretaker, Lydia. What the fuck? Yeah. Gwynard's disease isn't real. It's all fake. 
What the hell? Right. Sarah isn't dying. She's being written off the show for the purpose of a storyline. Um, yeah, which is kind of sick and twisted, if you ask me. (laughs) Ty tells Jess that this season's storyline is supposed to be Jess dealing with Sarah's death. It's so gross. It's so disgusting. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's called This Is Not The Jess Show, but it is. It is The Jess Show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's not called, actually, the the, uh, the um, show is called Stuck in the 90s. It's, like, revealed a little later on. I have, mm-hmm. like, a bullet point for it. But, yeah, it's called Stuck in the 90s. But, yeah, this isn't actually the 90s. Wow. Yeah. My brain hurts. My yeah. brain hurts. Oh, yeah. And the chanting she heard earlier in the book, it was extras picketing for better pay. There's, yeah. Oh! Yeah, so that's the chanting she heard. What the fuck? Yeah. So there's a rumor going around that an extra snuck onto set and took her dog, and that's why they replaced him with another dog and just thought she wouldn't notice. Uh, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, and Jess is like, you really didn't think I wouldn't recognize my dog? Like, get yeah. fucked. <laughs> and then the punches keep rolling. Patrick is supposed to be the one Jess dates, not Ty, and that ever since Jess started having really real feelings for Ty... They've been trying to get him out of the picture by speeding up Sarah's storyline. Ty then goes on a rant about how he's a quote-unquote real player now and that even though they want to, they can't get rid of him because he's grown his following in the last two months. He tells Jess... Yeah, he tells Jess that they're pissed about him going rogue and dared to become more than the shitty best friend and will probably write him off. So he proposes that they pretend to have... That they pretend to have a change of heart, so then he can stay on the show. He tells her to date Patrick for a, for a while, so then he can get what what he wants. Which so like this guy just goes on this huge long like rant about like how it isn't fair for him. Meanwhile, this girl literally just found out her whole life is a lie. It's like so insensitive. Yeah. Well, it's a man, so exactly. you can't really expect less. But it's just, but. like, so unbelievably shitty. And he's like, yeah, let's just pretend, like, you don't have feelings for me anymore. Meanwhile, Jess, like, really does like Tyler. <laughs> like, it's, she's not acting. Like, he's an actor. But for Jess, this is her real life. And yeah. he's like, well, just pretend, like, just date Patrick for a while. And she's like, what the fuck? Uh, no? Yeah. So, Jess... I'm not joking. This is like a direct quote says, I think you can go fuck yourself. Yes, queen. Yeah. We love, we love it. We love asserting yourself. The audacity of this man to say all this shit, knowing full well that this is just his actual life and not a game. Men really know no bounds. Yeah, really? So then this man goes and tries to start the breakup. Like they like leave the bathroom because his uh, stepfather had come in and they like leave the house so they can they're being watched again cuz they're in the bathroom there are no mm-hmm. cameras or anything in there so he starts to try to go into the breakup and Jess is like mm, no think again and takes control and she says she doesn't think they can be friends anymore because what he said in the bathroom is just too disturbing and then tells him to stay away from her so <laughs> i was like okay go off manipulate the storyline yes use so, it to your advantage right we then cut to Jess being back at the hospital and asking to have a few moments with Sarah alone. It's here that Jess starts trying to get some more inform- 
information from Sarah, even though they're still being recorded and watched, so she can't outright answer. She brings up the park memory that Sarah had brought up the other day, but before she can get any real answers, she's out of time. The producers decide to make Sarah die right there. What? Yeah. Wild. What? Yeah. They're like, hmm, think again. This is some Black Mirror shit. Right? That's why I was like, I don't even, I don't know. This, like, reminds me of the episode of the woman who, like, murdered that little girl. And every day, she gets, she wakes up and she gets chased by a group of people. And, like, nobody in the town helps her. Yes. It's, like, revealed at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally what this reminds me of. Yeah. It it is kind of, it's, it is, like, very reminiscent of that, for sure. I can definitely tell the author, like, watched a lot of Black Mirror while writing this. (laughs) (laughs) Which is valid. I love that. We love a method author. (laughs) (laughs) We love a research queen. (laughs) So, like, literally the next day, her parents and Lydia decide to go through Sarah's stuff to uh, trying to figure out what to quote-unquote donate and what to throw out. And they won't let Jess help because, of course, they're trying to make sure Sarah hasn't left anything behind. Yeah. They do let Jess keep all of her CDs, which were actually Jess's, and she would just let Sarah borrow. Mm -hmm. How nice of them to give her back her things. Yeah, right? So, Jess keeps her CDs in pristine condition, like the true Mm -hmm. 90s kid she is. Yes, she is. True, even though she's not really a 90s kid, but yes. Right. Um, so when she sees that her Jagged Little Pill CD is missing the album booklet, great, great album, by the way. Great mm-hmm. taste. Uh, and, it's, and in its place is a Lisa Frank sticker. Peak 90s. <laughs> Love this girl. Uh, she knows this is a part of a clue that Sarah's leaving her, because like I said, she leaves all of her shit perfect condition. Sarah would never mess with that so something's fishy here a couple hours later amber and Kristen show up and of course are asking what happened and how she is Kristen says that jess's mom called them since she hasn't broken down yet which is like really fucked up if you think about it because her mom is calling them over to get like a reaction out of jess yeah that's gross yeah you can't just use someone's emotions for entertainment. Is this like the series finale? Because it's been how old is she? Like she's fifteen years. Seventeen. Like, she'll be. I think she'll be eighteen. Like that year. Like later that year. Like mm-hmm. in the fall. That's wild. Yeah. So how many more seasons of this shit? Well, so like we found out later that she that so they signed the fifteen year contract when she was three, right? So mm-hmm. it would it would stop at eighteen because once she's eighteen, she has like, agency over herself because she will be Mm -hmm. a legal adult. So, yeah, this is, like... The series finale. This is, like, the yeah, the end of it, possibly, if she won't, like, agree to continue with it, basically. Which is how they were going to approach that subject. I would would (laughs) love to know. So, Amber and Kristen ask if they can do anything for her, and Jess gets the idea to ask them to drive her to that park that Sarah was talking about. Mm-hmm. She asks them to drop her off there, and she goes into the park that is now blocked out, like blocked off and boarded up. Mm-hmm. And she realizes she's made a mistake having Amber and Kristen drop her off at the exact location. So now she has to work fast. So this girl has clearly not watched a lot of NCIS, <laughs> like us. It's okay, I get it. It's a, that's it's a little weird. It's Criminal Minds. Okay, well I watched NCIS, NCIS, so yeah, I watched a lot of NCIS growing up too. 
Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> so she goes to the courtyard and finds a brick sticking out with a Lisa Frank sticker on it. So she moves it out of the way and finds a tiny box with a, her jagged little pill booklet in it and a key fob, which she doesn't know is a key fob, but we all know it's a key fob since we live in 2021. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As she's flipping through, she notices the, that random letters are circled and eventually she figures out that there's a secret message. Okay, Taylor Swift, go off. We love her. <laughs> she only gets a couple lines in before Amber shows up. Uh, Amber shows up and is like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. All bitchy like. I'm not a fan of Amber. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> she gives her one last chance to tell her everything, but Amber's not budging, so just dashes past her. So far, the note had said to go to the red house on Arden Place behind the maple trees. So she darts toward that direction. And as she's going, she has, like, random people trying to get her to stop. Just, like, random community members, quote-unquote, which are, like, actually extras. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, such as, like, an elderly woman asking her for directions or a guy coming out of a house saying it's on fire. It's, like, very, like, bizarre. Mm-hmm. Before anyone can really catch up to her, though, and stop her, Patrick Kramer pulls up and opens the passenger door. He's, and he tells her, like, to get in and knows what happens to Sarah and that he wants to get out of the set, too. Jess isn't really sure she believes him, but has, like, no other choice than to get in and trust him because yeah. all these people are now, like, trying to get her to turn around and not leave. So this is where we find out Patrick's real name is Kips Martin and that Sarah must be leading her to an exit. I'm not a super fan of Kips Martin. I think Patrick Kramer is a little better of a name, a yeah. little sexier, if you will. Yeah, yeah, Kips Martin. Yes. That's unfortunate. It I'm reminds sorry. me of Kipper, like the book. I have never heard of it. Okay, well, it's, got a, it's like a children's book and it's about a puppy who is orange and brown. It's very cute. So, <laughs> it's very cute. I love Kipper. <laughs> it sounds like the Canadian version of Clifford. It might be Canadian, honest to God. I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. So, oh, man. Kip starts trying to unravel the fakeness of, I think that's supposed to be fakeness, Fakeness yeah. of the situation for Jess. One of the restaurants isn't a restaurant. It's a produce production headquarters. One of the students who looks older than high school age is actually 29. So, yeah, it's a, it's a not a good time. We find out. I mean, hey, they stuck true to regular TV production they, to make a high school student 29. Exactly. I did like that, that little uh, tidbit. I think they also tell us that particular um, high school student had dated Amber in real life. And that they were, like, on again, off again. And I was like, how old is Amber then? Like, this is creepy. Yeah. Um, we find out Kips is 16 and is counting the days until he's 18 and can leave. Yeah. Eventually, they make it to Arden Place and rush to the maple tree at the Red House and try to look for a place to use the key fob. As they're frantically looking, they hear security and producers getting closer. But luckily, Jess sees something slightly sticking out of the tree trunk, runs the fob over it, and the door pops open. They climb down the ladder and close the door just in time to escape before they see them. So they end up like this this tree entryway 
leads them mm-hmm. down like a ladder and they they go through like this utility hallway. It's what I'm calling mm-hmm. it. A backstage hallway. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing like the underground utility um, what hallways in like Disney. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Right. And they eventually come out near the fence that separates the production from the outside world. They get through a section that's broken and come out um, on the uh, on the other side where there are self-driving cars and huge billboards where people vote for what to happen on the show. It turns What the fuck? Yeah. It turns out it's 2037 and she was on a show called Stuck in the 90s. What the yes. hell? See, black mirror shit. No, it's gross. What? In 2037, I'll be 41. <gasps> Please stop. Why would you ever say that? I didn't even think like, of that. <laughs> I'll be 40. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, it. like it. Mood. Well, the producers on the show are super fucked up, as as we can all kind of yeah. surmise. Gather. Right. Yeah. Um, and they tried to make Kip's work out to have this look that they were going for, like, you know, the jock look. But yeah. he was like, mm, nah, fuck that. So they gave him padding instead. Iconic. <laughs> I know. I was like, they really went there. So they're, so Jess and Patrick, Jess and Kip's are like, we need to skirt the fuck out of here because we're about to get caught. So they decide, fuck it. We're going to steal a car. So they go to a car dealership and are like, hello, can we test drive this car? And the woman is like, I don't know. Can you, Patrick? So they're like, shit, we've been found out. So they hop into the the floor model and put the foot on the gas and get out of there. Don't ask me how they got the car to work without the keys because I don't know. (laughs) But this is 2037, so maybe we don't have keys by then. Yeah, right. (laughs) Seems unsafe. Seems like a recipe for for theft, but what do I know? I don't live in 2037, so. Yeah. So they decide they need to get onto the highway and are, are like, we need to get to the city, New York City, and then peace the fuck out of here to somewhere they can't find us. But. Where, which is going to be impossible if the whole world is watching. True, but maybe they'll find some, like, small little hick town where they don't have television and they live like it's 19, like, 50. But without, like, misogyny and racism. <laughs> a, a girl can dream. <laughs> a girl can dream. So, but as they're driving, the production shuttle bus comes out of nowhere and starts, like, trying to get them to pull over. But Miss Jess is like, no, ma'am, and swerves over a driveway, through a lawn, into some bushes, and emerges onto the highway. Hashtag <laughs> girl boss. <laughs> Just boss things. Just girl boss things. That's my girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but respect for my girl <laughs> that's, boss. That's right. <laughs> As they're driving, we find out that to be her love interest, Patrick was sent an email with like 5,000 links and attachment to study and research, which, creepy. I don't want anyone I'm rot- romantically like involved with to know that much about me. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. So when Jess Jess asks him if he could have said no, he tells her his parents aren't into hearing no anymore. Which yeah. I'm like, 
Huh. Yikes. Sounds like true Hollywood parents, if you do say yeah, so right. myself. Unfortunately, they've been driving for a couple hours, and the battery in their car is running out. But the good news is that there is a reserve battery in these cars. The bad news is that their particular car does not have it. Of course not. Of course not. More bad news is they're going too fast, jump a curb, and end up on the lawn of a golf course and end up in a lake. So they quickly open the doors and jump out of that car. Yeah. But Jess forgets the album booklet, so of course she dives back in and manages to almost drown herself retrieving it. Nice job. Nice. They end up walking like a mile and a half and find a summer house that's vacant. Um, They figure that they've already stolen a car and sunk the said car. So what's a little breaking and entering? Yeah. (laughs) Just girl boss things. (laughs) So once they get in and change into dry clothes, they start trying to dry out the album booklet. As they're waiting for it to dry out, they talk about the show. Kip says Stuck in the 90s is their highest rated show for the network, so they're really going to want Jess back, and that he doesn't put anything past them. Even murder. Black Mirror shit. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, they talk about, so, earlier in the book, Jess, like, has this, like, memory of a guitar teacher, like, like asking her about, like, oh, do you ever feel like reality isn't reality? And then suddenly, like, the guitar teacher, like, never showed up again. And Kips tells her, like, yeah, no one ever heard from him again. Like, they low- everyone low-keys thinks they, like, killed him. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Nervously. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they, uh, so they eventually learn how to turn the TV on in the room and catch part of an interview with Jess's parents, Sarah, and Sarah's mom. <laughs> yeah. Love that. So, <laughs> the trauma. Trauma. We love it. Reliving it. Awesome. Even better. <laughs> Sarah and her mom say that they felt like they weren't really in it anymore. Like their hearts weren't in it anymore. And we're going to be, they didn't want to be in the public eye anymore. The host, who's Mario Lopez, by the way. Love that. <laughs> love that Mario Lopez Hollywood? has to be like, like 70 at this point, And he's still doing like E.T., that is so funny. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I love it. Um, so Mario Lopez asks her parents uh, if they regret anything from the show now that it's over, to which her dad replies that it's not over. This is just temporary. They're already narrowing down Jess's location, and she'll be back soon. Yeah, this man... Ha- what is she, microchipped? He, he, they got eyes everywhere. So they try to get some sleep after that comforting thought, <laughs> but funny enough, can't manage to do it. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought reliving trauma does not make not for a good me. bedtime story? <laughs> Jess expresses that she feels like she can't trust anyone and doesn't understand how this all went as far as it did. Neither do I, Jess. Neither do I. <laughs> Kips tells her that the show isn't all bad. Like he, like he knows that they, what they did was fucked up and wrong. But mm-hmm. before they were on the show, him and his family, his dad had lost his job and started drinking heavily. And watching the show for an hour made him and his brother feel normal for an hour. So he's basically like telling her, like, yeah, it's shitty. They shouldn't have done what they did to you. But like your show is bringing a lot of like ha- like happiness to people. So like it's a shitty situation, but it is like. There is, like, a slight molecule 
of like niceness to it, I guess. Yeah. I, I feel like if he told me that, I'd be like, that's kind of nice, but like my life isn't your entertainment, so. Yeah. They eventually drift off to sleep, and when they wake up, Jess sets about parsing out the rest of Sarah's message, which is a note saying to call when she's safe and that Sarah will come and get her, and then she leaves a number. So they decide to call when they're in the city, since it's it'll be harder for them to be found with all the people around. Yeah. Once they get into the city, we find out that Amber and Kristen were producers on the show. And, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. In fact, lots of people on the show have other jobs, like they're famous musicians, actors, and they'll like have guest star roles, which is crazy. We uh, also find out that producers are really nar- are already narrowing in on them, as they already know that they've they were in that house, and are now offering five hundred k. For for them. Love that. Love that they have a bounty on them for escaping being held hostage in a reality, like a, a TV show. So they walk into an Amazon store, question mark. That's what it seemed like to they me. They do have Amazon stores now. They do, but it's like not like the Amazon stores like that we know. It's like a futuristic Amazon store. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, my earring just fell out. Love that. <laughs> Um, and they asked to use the clerk's phone, but he won't give it to them because it's almost time to vote on which people will get to be extras on stuck in the, in the 90s. So it turns out thousands of people send, send in videos of themselves doing insanely ridiculous things just to have a chance to be voted in to be an extra since jobs outside the set are super obsolete and being an extra on set is stable in, a, in an okay paying job. It gets what? it gets so crazy. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we find out like basically living outside the set is it sucks ass. It's basically what it, she makes the author makes it seem like at least to me. <laughs> so, this is when we find out that this is how Kips Kips's family got in, and that they auditioned twenty eight times. Crazy. Damn. Right. I think what got them into the show was like her dad, his dad wrote like a cover, a song about the 90s, about things that happened in the 90s to the tune of some like popular song. I don't remember like the exact gist, like the exacts of it, but that's the gist. Interesting. Mm -hmm. They walk to a fast food place where they're planning on dining and dashing since they have no money. (laughs) They're just doing crimes left and right in this book, let me tell you. While while there, they see an interview of Ty, or as he's actually known, Roddy. Ew. Yeah. Roddy? Reminds me of Roderick from... Because he's rotten? It reminds me of Roderick from uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> Listen, if I have to see one more fucking TikTok edit of everyone obsessed with him, I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> They're valid for that. <laughs> I support you like the girl boss I am. <laughs> That's my villain origin story is all of these Roderick TikTok edits. I'll remember that. So Ty, in this interview, he's still trying to play up this image of the hurt best friend. And it's just so gross. You literally are trying to, you were trying to take advantage of a girl's emotions for your own use. Sir, yeah. please sit down. 
Kips tells Jess that there's been a rumor going around on set that he's been selling her half-eaten food. Ew, what the fuck? This man deserves no rights. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just... Uh, I just do not like him. He just really pisses me off. Then, if that's not enough for you, then Amber and Kristen start... Um, start come on and start talking about how bad they feel for Jess and they keep going back over their conversations wondering if there were any warning signs and it's just like a bunch of bullshit you know like warning signs that she wanted to GTFO right I was like what what warning signs are you talking about like what what I just (laughs) I don't I don't get it um it's yeah so basically I can't stand this whole thing it's disgusting and disturbing why you would sign up to hoodwink a 17 year old girl i don't know yeah but you do you sis while watching this interview they get noticed by a girl and her mom who start freaking out that um that they're going to win this reward money because they've spotted them so they bolt out of there and start trying to outrun the mob that's suddenly formed in their army of iphones recording them trying to get this 500k they finally think that they've lost them when they get cornered by this couple who seem to be like fans and then like say that they're fans and use that as an excuse to like keep them hostage to get this 500k very convoluted yeah kips slams into the guy trying to buy just time to get away but the guy pulls a gun on them and shoots kips in the arm And then this motherfucker starts panicking and, like, rationalizing it and is, like, worried that they're not going to get the money now. Like, this, it's so, it's so fucked up. It's so, it's insane to me. Yeah. So, while... What the fuck? Yeah. So, while the couple couple are distracted and arguing with one another, Kips and Jess take off down the alley um, and they find it a fire escape and climb it up to the top. They stop and take stock. Jess rips off a sleeve of her sweatshirt and ties it on Kips's wound, um, which she learned from this show that they I think it's called like nine one one rescue that they talk about in the book, which like <laughs> reminded me of you. Like that's something that like you would do. Oh, you I would one hundred percent watch. Yeah, yes, yeah, because. <laughs> he's like asked like where did you learn this she's like 911 rescue i'm like that's something francesca would do like dead oh, 100% 100% but it would be criminal minds yeah how did you know they were going to be here uh criminal minds <laughs> literally so and of course what near death experience is complete without a steamy makeout so Jess and kips kiss oh wow i know could never be me kissing a man named Kips. I'm sorry. I'm sorry oh to gosh. anyone out there named Kips. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry anyone out there named Kips. It's a no from me. It's a no from both of us. <laughs> so as they're planning what their next move is, the show's creator and executive producer comes on a live cast on one of the billboards saying that they know the general area that they're in and that they know Kips is seriously injured. She then speaks directly to Jess, telling her that her friends and parents love and miss her, and that with the gravity of the situation, it would be a huge mistake to not come back. It's a no for me, dog. It's the manipulation for me. (laughs) This speech is pretty persuasive and almost gets Jess to pack it up. 
She really doesn't want to risk Kips and have something happen to him, but Kips tells her that he's not going to die and he's not going back, so they're getting the fuck out of there. He basically implies that he would rather die <laughs> than go back there, which honestly, what a valid. Jess looks into the window of the apartment next to the fire escape that they're on, which I'm like, you didn't do that in the first place? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're like teenagers, though, so I guess, you know, that's not like the first thing on their mind. And after waiting a few minutes, she determines that it's probably empty. So they open the window that's unlocked. That's very, uh, that's very convenient. Me. Yeah, it's very convenient. <laughs> very like something that would happen to me. I feel like, like I would leave the window open and someone would like open it and then like rob my entire apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they start looking around for a phone to call Sarah. Unfortunately, the apartment isn't empty like they thought. And a teenage girl named Mims. 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 It reminds me of... Mimsy! Mi- yeah. Reminds me of Nims Island, the movie. But it's Mims. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mims. Can't say I ever saw it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a... It's a I feel like that's peak 2000s. <laughs> so, she appe- Mims appears and starts freaking out. At first, she says she's going to turn them in, but after Jess gives her, m- like, memorabilia the memorabilia from the set, like her permit and her library card. Yeah. She lets her use her phone, which I think, uh. I think like the, the rationality there is like, she can sell those things cause they're like one of a kind and not replicas. Yeah. So Jess calls Sarah and they arrange to meet up by the exit on West 23rd street. So when she comes back from calling Sarah, Jess has an idea on how to get them across the city without being noticed. Cause they're, um, on the east side. I'm picturing, like, Stytown. So, okay. do with that image what you will. <laughs> she records two videos. The first one saying she's coming home and wants to be reunited with the producers and her parents in Times Square by noon. And to the public to not stop her if they see her as she just wants to get back to her parents and her friends. This is supposed to be played while they're, they make their way to the meetup spot, while Mims makes her way to Times Square, pretending to be Jess to distract everyone, and then play the second video that is directly addressing the audience, saying that they were all complicit in her parents' lies and that she wasn't coming back and that her life didn't exist for their entertainment. Boom! Boom. Mic drop. This is when they watch Jess and uh, Kips watch this first announcement as they make their way to the meetup spot, and as they make it there, wait for the second video... To, to drop, but it doesn't get shown. Instead, they see Mims make her way to the creator of the show, talking with her, and then being led to Jess's parents. She's pretending to be Jess, and everyone is just going along with it. I mean, hey, if she can get a replacement. But, like, her parents are just gonna go along with it, and, like, that's shitty. Well, they kind of have to. No, you don't. You can just cut the, cut the, cut the mic. You just pull the plug on the whole thing. True, true. So this is when Sarah and her mom pull up and rescue both Jess and Kips from the city and take them to a uh, a place up north with not many people. That's what they say in the (laughs) book. So very (laughs) open-ended. Sarah tells her that once they told her about the show, she thought Jess was in on the whole thing. It was just super method, which I thought was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) So... 
It wasn't until Jess started talking about the chanting that she was hearing that she realized she wasn't just being method and that this girl did not know anything. <laughs> so Sarah's mom apologizes to Jess and when Jess ac- accepts it, she realizes she's <coughs> never felt more safe and not, not even when she was in Swickley. And then that's the end. Wow. Wow. Black Mirror, right? That's some Black Mirror shit. But yeah, wow, that's insane. Yeah. So they just took Nims in as the new Jess? Yeah. Yep. I mean, hey, now they don't have to pay the 500k. It's true. They don't. But her parents, like, apparently give no fucks about where she goes or where she is. What happens to her. Right. Yeah. Which is shitty. And then you also think about, like, she was constantly filmed from the age of three and on. Like, in the book, they even talk about, she, like, just thinks about, like, all, like, the things that they've probably seen her do, like, embarrassing shit that she didn't want other people to see. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking wild. I think I would unalive myself <laughs> if I found out that that's what was happening. I I don't even know how I would cope with that, honestly. I would just simply unexist. I would simply cease to exist. I don't think we have any Army Hammer updates. No, no Army Hammer updates for now. Big sad. But we will update you as we we learn. Yes, of what course. is happening. So don't you guys worry. We're just as invested as you are. That's right. Well, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Bookaholics Pod, and you can find me on Twitter, Franch Toasticks. I updated my Twitter name. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Franch Toasticks with an X. And on Instagram at Francesca Hope. And where can they find you? You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Alicia Reads. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye.